0: This podcast may contain content that is graphic and disturbing in nature. Listener discretion is advised. Have you ever dreamed of escaping the rat race and living like a Robinson Crusoe on an exotic, deserted island? Just you all alone in a tropical paradise. It certainly sounds idyllic, but can you imagine yourself living like this, For 30 years. This is Apple for the Teacher, a true crime podcast. I'm your host, Anna Thomas. Today's episode is called The Naked Hermit. The man lived on a deserted island for 30 years. Why? Just a note before starting Apple for the Teacher does not name perpetrators out of respect to the victims. I'm going to start this episode by giving you two words which are clues to the topic of today's episode, and those words are Robinson Crusoe. You might find yourself getting images of a gorgeous tropical island with sandy beaches and crystal clear waters. Robinson Crusoe is the hero of Daniel Defoe's famous 1719 novel that tells the fictional story of a man cast away on an island in the Caribbean for 26 years. It has gone on to become one of the most widely published books in history, with its success leading to many imitators and castaway novels, not only in literature but also in film, television and radio. The book went on to create a new genre called Robinson Aid, described simply as a desert island story or a castaway narrative. And if you've been a long time listener of my podcast, you'll know that I have presented a few of these castaway stories in the past. One was episode 54 called Shipwrecked, where six high school boys living in Tonga were bored at school and decided to steal a boat and go fishing. Then there was a storm and their boat was damaged, which saw them drifting on the ocean for a week until they were finally washed onto a deserted island. And, by some sheer miracle, they managed to survive for 15 months until a passing boat saw them and they were rescued. So, while this was an involuntary castaway story, I covered another story where a Russian family with two children decided to voluntarily leave civilization due to religious reasons. And they lived for decades in the Siberian wilderness. Two more children were born, and one of these was a girl named Agafia Likova. However, their solitude came to an end when a group of geologists were surveying the area and saw the family's home from their helicopter. That contact brought the family international fame, but they continued to live as they always had, despite attempts to lure them back into civilization. But as time progressed, family members began dying, until finally, Agafia is now the only surviving member. I covered her story, and I've done a few updates on her life. She has visited the outside world, and many have tried to convince her to return to live in civilization, but she doesn't wish to. When her story was presented in the media, They refer to her as the Russian hermit. And this brings me to the story today about another hermit that I came across, who has been dubbed the Naked Hermit, and you'll soon see why. On my podcast, I haven't always presented true crime stories. Sometimes I come across amazing stories that I just have to tell, and this is another one. I'll just be online researching stories, and something will come up that captures my attention. The man's story that you will hear today has some similarities with Agafia's story, but also some stark differences. Agafia was born in the wilderness and did not know that the outside world even existed. However, this man spent the first 50 years of his life in civilization and then decided to leave the modern world and started living alone on a deserted island and he remained there for 30 years. And the man is still alive and is in his 80s. So today's story is about a Japanese man named Masafumi Nagasaki. It was only about four years ago in 2018 that a Japanese fishing vessel was passing by a deserted island called Sotobinari. Although it is administered by Japan, it is located south of Japan but is closer to Taiwan. It's a small island only one kilometer or 1,000 yards in diameter. The fishing vessel just happened to see something on the beach, and as they got closer, they saw what looked like a person lying on the sand. And indeed, they had come across an elderly Japanese man in his 80s, totally naked. And although they didn't know it at the time, He had been living on the island for 30 years. But on this particular day, the man was not well. He was found laying on the sand unconscious. So they decided to carry him to their boat and transport him to get medical assistance. And this is when this man's remarkable story came to light. While being nursed back to health, the authorities interviewed the man, but he wasn't very forthcoming about his background providing few details, but he did say that he had been living on the island for about 30 years by choice and that he hadn't been shipwrecked, as many had speculated. It was just assumed that he would welcome being back in civilization, but he expressed many times a desire to return to the island, as that is where he wished to end his days. Now you can imagine the intense interest his story received in the media and in particular it caught the attention of a man named Alvaro Cerizo who was a Spanish filmmaker and explorer. He had travelled the world discovering desert islands and also looking for so-called real-life Robinson Crusoes. He had previously found other people living in isolation on deserted islands and documented their stories. So when Alvaro saw the man's story in the media, he didn't act in awe and amazement about the man because he actually already knew him. Four years earlier, he had discovered Masafumi on the island and spent days with him documenting his story, but he kept all the footage to himself. Masafumi had made it clear that he wanted to remain on the island and that as he was approaching his 80s, he just wanted to live out the rest of his life on his beloved island. So in keeping with his wishes, Alvaro never released the footage. So after getting back to good health, the Japanese government decided that they would not let him return to the island, which they thought was in his best interests. But as much as he protested, he had no choice but to live in a small room that the government provided for him and they also provided him with money for his living expenses. When Alvaro found out what had happened to him, he knew he had to try to do something to change the government's mind and he thought by releasing the footage that he had taken four years earlier, he may be able to garner public support which would put pressure on the government. So he released the many photos and videos that he had made which told the man's story and showed how resourceful he had been to be able to survive as he had done for three decades. He wanted to change the perception that Masafumi was a frail old man. So you will now hear all about Masafumi's life as Alvaro had documented it. But first, it's important to know more about Alvaro and how he happened to come upon this man living on his own on a completely uninhabited island. Ever since he was a child, Alvaro had been fascinated by castaway stories. Even at eight years old, he would go away completely alone to explore the isolated shoreline of his own home. Then in 2010, he founded Doc Castaway, which became the first company in the world to specialize in holidays to undiscovered islands around the planet. His purpose was to help people escape from civilization and be alone on their own deserted island. Since then, hundreds of adventurers have enjoyed Castaway experiences on undiscovered islands across four continents. On his journeys to explore the remote corners of the globe, Alvaro also encountered incredible hermits and real-life Tarzans, sharing these stories through his documentaries. So it was in 2014 when Alvaro and his crew were looking for a new island suitable to use for castaways, and they were particularly looking for somewhere in Japan. By that time, Alvaro had already been aware of Masafumi, as he had become well-known in that area. So Alvaro very much wanted to meet Masafumi and document his life, as he had done with other castaways. However, it was also well-known that Masafumi preferred to be left alone, and so he wasn't sure he would even agree to meet with him. Alvaro managed to find a man who knew Masafumi and went to see him. He asked if he would ask Masafumi if he would agree to have visitors, and he was very surprised and delighted when Masafumi agreed. Alvaro didn't speak Japanese, so he took an interpreter with him, and initially the interpreter stayed for a little while, But then he left and the two men were left alone. Alvaro was most surprised by Masafumi's hospitality. He had prepared a tent for him about 100 metres from his own camp and had equipped it with some things that he would need. But before entering the tent, he was given some rules as follows. Masafumi said, Before entering your tent, you have to wash your feet with this bowl of water that I have left at the entrance. And he continued, there are just two toilets on the island, one at each end of this beach. But first, you have to look for which way the current goes. You will only go to the toilet at the end of the beach, where the current is going. That way, the faeces will go with the current. So during the days that Alvaro stayed with Masafumi, he went completely naked. Because, of course, he was all alone and had no need for clothes. He even continued to remain naked while Alvaro stayed with him. As for food, Masafumi actually took away all of the food that Alvaro had brought with him, but he wasn't really sure why. Perhaps he wanted him to have the full island experience of surviving of what the island had to offer. Anything that Masafumi made for them to eat. Had to be totally eaten. Alvaro learned his lesson when once he had left a few grains of rice on his plate and Masafumi proceeded to shout at him. Alvaro soon came to learn that Masafumi was very disciplined, although he had imagined that he would have left behind the regimentation of modern living and that life on the island would have been more easy going but actually it was just the opposite. He still had set, timetabled tasks to perform each day and even once got angry with Alvaro for being five minutes late to meet with him. He had a wristwatch hanging on a tree, which he consulted throughout the day. Alvaro described the stay as a military experience, which he thoroughly enjoyed. Each morning, Masafumi would begin the day with a gym session, followed by cleaning the beach with a rake for a number of hours. Alvaro was amazed by how clean he kept the beach. With his own hands, he removed seaweed, bits of wood, and coral that may have washed up during the night. The wood found was used for cooking, and so he rarely had to venture into the jungle to collect wood. Despite not wearing clothing, he did wear sandals which he said was necessary to protect his feet. So in the days that he spent on the island, Masafumi opened up and told Alvaro all about his life story. Masafumi was actually married and people believe that he had two children. He got into photography by his father who had been very famous in the photographic world. It's believed He had previously worked in a factory and in a hotel, and also as a barman in a hostess club in Osaka. And although not confirmed, it is said that he also ran his own hostess club. Since leaving his life at the age of 52, and his wife at that time, he hasn't had any further contact with any women. It had been while working in a factory that Masafumi made mention to co-workers that he really wanted to escape from civilization, And that's when someone suggested an island called Benari, which was totally deserted. He managed to find a fisherman who took him there and he fell in love with the island immediately. And as they say, the rest is history. Although he initially thought that he would only stay there for a few years. He recalled the early days as being very difficult due to typhoons and also because he was a city man. But he managed to slowly understand the rhythms of nature and eventually stopped eating meat and fish, having so much empathy for all animals. And finally, for the first time in his life, he felt truly happy. He did open up somewhat to Alvaro and told him, That one of the reasons he left society was because people had taken advantage of him because he was too nice. He said, In civilization, people treated me like an idiot and made me feel like one. On this island, I don't feel like this. During the five days together on the island, Alvaro took some video of Masafumi, and here is a transcript of an interview that he had with the help of his interpreter. As the island where he lived didn't have any fresh water, Alvaro offered Masafumi a water bottle to which he said, I don't want to share the bottle with you. I'm not obsessed with cleanliness, but because of viruses. You may think you are clean, but you may have viruses that I've never had. That's why I gargled with seawater when you arrived. I don't mean that you are contaminated, but I need to protect myself. I'm alone on this island. Do you often see snakes on this island? Of course even inside my tent. I already assumed this kind of risk when I decided to live on this island. However I've realized that snakes don't attack humans. Animals only attack for survival. For example a mosquito only bites for reproduction but animals don't hurt others without a purpose. Only humans take actions without a purpose, only driven by their selfishness. On this island, I'm free from all of that. Do you feel guilty when you eat animals? Of course I do, especially over the past years. This environment has changed me, without me even realising it. That's why I stopped fishing. I feel sorry for the fish. There are also turtles laying eggs on this island. It's a real paradise for turtles because I'm the only human on this island. But I cannot eat the turtle eggs. I've seen those baby turtles being born and crawling toward the sea. I get goosebumps every time I see that. It makes me think how wonderful life is. This island really changed me. I don't know if it's good or bad, but I have no problem with it. So I think it's fine. What do you miss most from civilization? Lighters. I think this is the most convenient tool from civilization. I really appreciate it every time I use it. And what is the worst thing from civilization? Money and religion. These two things are destroying the world. Religion has never let the world be in peace. If you heard that the world changed in a good way, would you go back to civilization? No, never. I will never move from here even if the world changes. I don't want to move from here. I will protect this island. I will never be able to find a paradise like this. Do you believe in life after death? No, there is nothing more perfect than death. Death means the complete end. There is nothing after death. Have you ever felt lonely or bored after three decades on this island? This is the most stupid question. It's a ridiculous question. I've never felt lonely or bored. Have you seen how many things that I have to do each day? No sad moments either? Nothing sad can happen here. Once I saw a dead bird in the jungle, then I felt pity. Only that. I've never felt sad here. I cannot survive here if I have those types of feelings. Such romantic feelings. Things here are more realistic. I cannot survive if I don't obey the laws of nature. Do you still like women? Yes, I do. I still like women, but I think this kind of question is not suitable for this island. Don't ask me such a stupid question. (laughs) Isn't that funny? If they wanted to build a big resort on this island, what would you do? It won't happen. It's impossible. I will risk my life to protect this island. In Japan... There are a lot of suicides for people who cannot adapt. Do you ever think about committing suicide before you found this island? No, I didn't. I've been a very positive person my whole life. As an optimist, I've always tried to find my place. I ended up here because I am positive. Have you always wanted to live on a deserted island or wherever you could be alone? Well, that's a difficult question. I think it was a big coincidence to end up on this island, but I know it was the right decision. I won't leave even if someone tells me there is a better place. All I want I can find here. I don't need anything else. This nature is so amazing to me. I don't do what society tells me, but I do follow the rules of the natural world. You can't beat nature, so you just have to obey it completely. That's what I learned when I came here, and that's probably why I get by so well. I will protect this island as long as I am alive, whatever it takes. So despite Alviro's efforts, the government did not allow Masafumi to return to the island, saying that he was too old and frail. So he spent the next four years living back in society which he thoroughly disliked. When he wasn't hidden away in his small room, he would walk the streets picking up rubbish, disgusted by the pollution and how people in this so-called civilised world treated their environment. He didn't make any friends, keeping to himself, and people could not understand his eccentric way of life, viewing him as a crazy old man, with some even fearing him. The tiny room that he lived in Was like his desert island where he could isolate himself as it was the only place where he was able to live with his clothes off and feel free like he had for the last 30 years. Then it was only earlier this year in 2022 that Alvaro returned to visit Masafumi and as it seemed that the government would not change its mind about allowing him to return to his island. Alvaro thought he might take Masafumi back there just for a visit. But first he had to get the government's permission, which he wasn't very confident about. But he was delighted when they agreed, as Masafumi's health was good at the time. Now you can imagine that Masafumi was absolutely overjoyed to be going back, if only for a visit. The whole trip there he looked up into the sky smiling, and lifting his hands together as if in prayer. I've seen photos of him living in the city, and in every photo you can see that he is a deeply unhappy man. There is no smiling, just a deep sadness on his face. But on the trip back to the island, he just came alive. His spirits were lifted. He was like a little kid whose excitement just took over him. And here is Alvaro's account of what happened when they got there. As we landed on the shore, Masafumi started walking around excitedly and often raising his arms in joy. After some cheering and celebration, he went straight into the jungle looking for his old camp where he used to live. Back in 2018, when he was rescued from the beach almost unconscious, Masafumi had to leave all his belongings behind. Neither he nor the government ever returned to the island to collect them. Apparently, Masafumi was never really attached to material things, so the items he owned on the island didn't hold any real value to him. But he was overcome by curiosity to get a glimpse of the life that he had, from the vague memory of his final days on the island, before he had to leave against his will. However, finding the pathway to his precious campsite was not an easy task. Lack of human presence on the island for four years had completely transformed the area and covered it with wilderness. After searching for a while and cutting through the jungle, we finally found it. Some old boxes and kitchen material. Two of his three tents were still up but flooded with water on the inside. All rusted but untouched, It seemed that no one has entered inside the island since Masafumi left. He sat down inside one tent, starting to open the boxes, and showed us a few of his belongings, such as scarves to cover his head, fishing material, bottles. He even had two photos from his youth. So they spent the night in his old camp and planned to return back to the city the following day. And here is Alvaro talking about what happened the next morning. But the next morning, Masafumi was feeling very tired. I thought it was probably because of the amount of overwhelming emotions that he felt the day before. As the day went on, it seemed that Masafumi didn't feel confident enough to continue the same life that he used to have for 30 years. Every time we discussed with him about his future plans on the island, He became serious, insecure and concerned about his strength to survive again in such a place. It became clear that he was not so youthful anymore, especially during the four years that he had been locked in the city. He had lost all the instincts and strength that he had before. It was a heartbreaking feeling for all of us. His desire was to stay, there was no doubt about it but his body couldn't respond. At moments, he seemed to have a bit of lack of balance while doing things. So I decided to test him and I asked him if he could make lunch for us, but it took him almost four hours to prepare some rice and eggs. With that capacity, it was not going to be easy for him to survive too long. On a desert island like that, there are plenty of tasks to be done every day, especially for someone who's a perfectionist like Masafumi. Luckily, Masafumi was not sad to leave. It seemed he was satisfied to have had the opportunity to bid farewell to his island. Perhaps in a few years from now, if he still desires to spend his last days on the island, and he feels his time is right, and he is ready to depart this world, then I will be there to help him out. Wow, wasn't that an amazing story? And as already mentioned, Alvaro has documented other castaways, including a man who was the longest surviving castaway, spending a massive 41 years on an island. A Vietnamese man named Ho Van Lang was taken as a baby by his father to live in an isolated jungle because he believed that the Vietnam War was still raging. But about 10 years ago, the authorities found the father and son and they were forced to go back to civilization. Alvaro managed to get into contact with the son and he took them back to their refuge where they stayed together for five days. But sadly, this man died only last year at the age of 52 due to liver cancer. So I guess his situation was different because he wasn't alone, which would have been somewhat easier than Masafumi's total isolation. What an amazing story, right? I just don't know about you, but these people who go against the grain are just so fascinating to me. And it saddens me that almighty governments think that they know best. I just wish that that people would leave these people alone And I think everyone should be able to live their life as they seem fit. And I was also fascinated by this castaway experience that Alvaro provides. So I had a look on his website. He provides two experiences in two different modes, the survival mode and the comfort mode. In the comfort mode, you can stay in an isolated villa with food provided. But in the survival mode, you're completely on your own. You get to make your own beach shelter and forage from nature. But they still have a team on standby in case of an emergency. And I was really surprised by how cheap this is. The cheapest experience you can have is only 90 euros per night, up to about 400 euros per night. But that's still really cheap, isn't it? And I would love to do this. So if you're interested in this type of an experience, you can have a look at Alvaro's website, which is called Doc Castaway. And if you'd like to find out more about Masafumi, there are plenty of photos and videos of him. And his name is spelt M-A-S-A-F-U-M-I Nagasaki, N-A-G-A-S-A-K-I. And now let's preview the next episode. It's called Secret Schools. The girls continued their education in secret schools. Why? And to end this episode, I will leave you with this quote from Masafumi himself. Finding a place to die is an important thing to do. And I've decided here is the place for me. To die here, surrounded by nature, you just can't beat that. Bye for now and remember to be a good apple.